I need to, I need to learn how to sit in my grief. I need to learn how to not try to numb it, not try to stop it from, by moving, just continually to do, 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 but who needs what, where do I need to go? Where do I need to be? Blah, 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 blah. I need to learn how to sit in it. Um, but that's way too um, grown up and I'm not ready to do that. So um, I do know that I, I am, alcohol is not it for me. I, yeah. I can't, after Malika, I was like, I can't, I'm surprised my liver didn't fall out. I mean, it was every day. It was bad. Yeah. You are now entering the Drink and Tell group chat with your hosts, Candice, Tawana, Jocelyn, Mickey, and Asia. Welcome to the group chat. Hey, hey, welcome to episode six of Drink and Tell podcast. We are back at it, back at it, back at it. Hopefully you've caught up on the other, the previous five episodes so that you know um, what has been going on, what we've been talking about. And today, what are we drinking? What are we drinking today? I'm going to say, if you can't tell, I'm extremely congested. I went back to work and education um, last week, my very first four days. I got sick. So I'm over here drinking nasty. water. They got heebie-jeebies. <laughs> they got cooties. My immune system was not used to all the germs being around me. So um, I'm drinking on water. What y'all drinking? I'm drinking um, THC sparkling water. This is Delta 9. So yeah, it's good stuff. So okay. water. I am drinking on a kiwi infused uh, drink from uh, Shout Out Wake and Bakery off Ontario. <laughs> Wake and Bakery? Oh, you're in Chicago. <gasps> Recreational is legal. <clears throat> I know. I know. I am drinking Josh Merlot. I'm going red again this week. Red is your thing, Josh. Yep. What um, you got, Candace? Hopefully it's not tequila. Gin, gin and juice. Um, so is it juicy I, um, juice? That looks like juicy juice. No, it's um mango um juice from Target. So down the street smoking. Given, given I was singing it. Did you see me? Gin and juice. I did. Lay <laughs> back. Damn. Put my mind on my money and my money on my mine. <laughs> This is the most I drink with y'all, so I I'm really excited. And plus, given our conversation today, I was like, I need something heavy. Listen, legit, legit. Yeah. Um. Okay, so let's get into our hot topic. So first of all, let me tell y'all what my husband woke up saying. <clears throat> woke me. Well, didn't wake me up. As soon as I woke up, the first thing out of his mouth. Yeah. Um. You know. Uh. Wait. I'm about to mess his name. His name up. Travis Kelsey. Is that it? Yeah. Okay. You you know Travis Kelsey and and, Dale, and Taylor Swift are dating, and I was like, who? No, I know who you're talking about. And he was like, the one you and your friends were talking about. He probably date black girls, and I was like, oh, okay. No, actually, he said for the Kansas City Chiefs, and I was like, yep, nope, still don't know who you're talking about. Then when he said that. I was like, oh, okay, I got you, I got you. So apparently, they were spotted. Like she was at the game with him. She was. They had video of her all in the, you know, um not staying wherever she was yeah in the box thank you um cheering for him and then there was a video of them after the game walking arm in arm so here's my question though um so my introduction to him was because I'm not a sports person for those of you I'm not a sports person at all so my introduction to him was the Super Bowl 
okay last year or earlier mm-hmm. this year that was my introduction to him and i was like i just look like what um from the videos i'm seeing that white boy don't look like the same white boy no more so um i'm trying to understand is it her switch came from like did did taylor like because i I remember i I remember thinking when he said that this morning i was like oh it's interesting that taylor swift would be with a dude who talks like him acts like him blah 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 um but yeah apparently um maybe some changes are going on i don't know apparently he got cold switching down as well as we do what which off which i think he got that porn star mustache i wouldn't say it was cold switching i would border on the line of cultural appropriation Mm -hmm. when it comes to that dialect because cold switch it would be i'm in a professional setting so i won't use profanity mm-hmm. and then when i'm with my friends i go into my normal you know dialect like with you guys i typically will speak ebonics and i'll say some other things but when i'm in front of my kids because i teach ela i'm gonna use the king's english and i'm not gonna use profanity right mm-hmm. That's not what our friend is doing when our friend is in the company of let's say brown skin people that dialect goes real stereotypical <laughs> And then when he's in the company of the majority, which he is a part of, it goes back to something else. Hmm. Hmm. That's a call hmm. switching, my friend. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. And not even just the talking, but because I didn't hear him talk, but just the look. Like his whole look, look is different. Yeah. Like it looks like he used to be on a cornfield now. Like he's like a cowboy refined. That's um, how he <laughs> Somebody posted that, that might... Kanye the KKK, and I think that that is accurate because that Nazi Hitler mustache thing that he has going on, like they, I, it's just very interesting how um, y'all gonna laugh, but it reminds me of when Justin Timberlake, like right after Trump won. And he did that um, album called A Man Apart. And like, he went back to his like roots and he did a whole country album, was dressing like a white boy from Tennessee. And everybody was like, where's the Justin that was- He went from Memphis no more? Right. He went went from Memphis no more. He was from Tennessee. Like Millersville. It was was very- I don't even know about this album. That's how- Yeah, it was a very interesting shift. It was during the, it was uh, probably like the first year of Trump's presidency. And um, that's exactly what this reminded me of, of like, oh, like you get to go back to doing what you wanted to do. Like Taylor Swift is at the end of the day, America's sweetheart. Like she has, they have framed her in that image, whether that's the true her or not. So on some levels, you can't look like you was dating an old girl while you date Taylor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Wow. He need he need that endorsement money while the getting is good, y'all. He had to do what he had to do. I mean, I guess. I mean, he wouldn't be the first. Remember, uh, Molly Cyrus was popping it for a real one with Juicy J now. <laughs> And then turned back and around. Then she came again. in like a wrecking ball. Right. And then went back to Hannah Montana. So shout out to Tennessee. Maybe it's Tennessee. Yep, that's another Tennessee one. 
Let's just call it the Tennessee switch. Yeah, Miley Cyrus should be studied because that was like, (laughs) that was extreme. Candace, I was like, is that Project Pat in the background? Right. It was. Right. It was. And that's the funniest part about it. But I, I, it's going to be very interesting to see what he does uh, when they end their relationship. Because the one thing about no relationship with Taylor Swift. You know, listen, that's going to be another gonna be a five album. She's going to write write a couple of songs. But one thing about Taylor, she don't keep them, honey. She do not. <laughs> Lord, yeah. We'll so, see. We'll be watching. We, we definitely will be watching. That is for sure. For sure. Okay, so we are going to switch gears a little bit because our topic for today is a little bit of a heavy one, but it's one that, um, you know, we felt needs to be discussed. We are talking grief today. So I know for me, um, with the the various deaths <clears throat> I've experienced, um, I have grieved them all in very different ways. Um. And I don't, part of it depend, depended on the relationship. Part of it depended on where I was in life at the time. Um, a lot of it depended on the fact that I talked about this um, in the last episode, how I um, try to avoid confrontation with people who are close to me. I also try to avoid feeling sad. Like I just want to be happy all the time, right? Like that's all I want. So I also try to avoid um, feeling sad. So I, with the, the, more deaths I experienced I try to work on that a little bit more each time um but I will say like for example um the very first really close death I had was Marnitra right like my Mm -hmm. best friend slash line sister um who passed away a year after we graduated college um you know way too soon way too young yeah yeah completely unexpected um mm-hmm. and at that time I had I, Marseille was what one um so I had a one-year-old um so I felt like I dealt with that grief different because I was trying to monitor how I was around him right um and same I, honestly same with <laughs> with all of them probably um when my stepmom passed away I remember not even, I don't think I even cried until I drove home for her funeral and came back home because I found out while I was at work, um, then I had to drive home. Right. So then I'm home with the boys. The boys were younger. Um, and, uh, then I had to go back to work, blah, blah, blah. Then I had to drive there. And I remember very distinctly, um, pulling into the driveway, telling myself, okay, this is where you can let some stuff out. And then my dad took his head out the window, out the door. So then I was like, nope. You know what I'm saying? So I have a tendency to Internalize. be strong for everybody else, mm-hmm. right? Like that's my thing. Like, okay, I gotta, I gotta suck it up. In that situation, I had to suck it up for my, for my dad. I had to suck it up for my siblings, right? Um, you know, when, when Marnie, I had, I had to suck it up for my son. So, um, that's tip, even with Malika, like I had to, I wanted to suck it up for everybody else, right? So. Um, so when it came to my brother passing um, this past December, and even I, st- I still felt myself doing that for my niece, my sister-in-law, my mom. Um, but when I was home, finally, um, 
I, I found myself trying to at least let it hit, let it come out when it hit, um, mm-hmm. instead of trying to do my usual, um, think about it, feel the tears come and then think about something else, do something else. Right. Cause that's typically yeah. how I would always, um, deal with it. So I found myself, um, giving myself permission to sit in that grief during that time. So what about y'all? How do y'all tend to handle how, how has your handling of grief evolved I would say I'm definitely more comfortable with death than I was um 20 years ago 20 plus years ago when we lost Marnitra for then when Marnitra died it felt like the first time I faced my own mortality like I it never occurred to me that we could go mm-hmm. at, at that age right and then fast forward um Twan, it was you who called me to let me know mm-hmm. that MJ was gone and it was the day after my birthday and then Asia, you called right after. Um, that one had me in a chokehold for a long time. And I I, I was in a fog that whole summer. Um, like I can remember walking around kind of just feeling like I was in darkness. And then um, fast forward, I lost my grandmother during COVID. She was 95. Um, she was a woman who had six girls who had six girls. And it became the grandchildren taking care of their mothers. So I don't know that I've grieved her. Um, and so to answer your question, there are deaths that I've had to confront head on. Um, there are others that I've been able to put off. I don't, I don't think I've grieved my grandmother. I tend to take care of others during that time. Um, so I'm still finding a way. Yeah. What about y'all? For me, I deal with different things differently. Like relationships, grieving relationships for me is a physical grief. Um, meaning um the emotional weight of it literally phys- affects me physically it affects my body um death i'm a doer y'all know me i'm i i'm very i'm just i'm a doer so um when things like that happen i don't stop moving like i kind of don't know how to i'm definitely not sitting in it um, I mean, I've, I've had a lot of deaths in my life. Um, my grandmother, my, my maternal grandmother was probably the first one that really affected me because <clears throat> we were very close. And I remember the day, I remember the day I was at work and I said, I don't feel well, I'm going to go home. And I went home, I was living in Nashville and I laid down and took a nap, put my phone on the floor and I woke up and I had like 20 missed calls from my mom. And I was like, something happened. Like I, it's like I, I knew something was coming. Um, and then um, I've had multiple deaths. My aunts, my grandfather's passed. Um, Malika's death was um, not something I even knew how to navigate. I still do not to this day know how to navigate it. Um, I was, I was more than in a fog. I mean, I though I was still moving, I literally drank every day from the day I found out until about November when I was like, Asia, you got to stop because I just, I couldn't, I was numb. I could not. That summer was reckless. It was, it was rough. And then I had, I had multiple deaths after hers. It was like my uncle passed. It was like, it was my, my -hmm. great, my grandmother's best friend passed on Alice. It was like back to back to back within like 90 days. And but I just wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. I was not, I was not ready for, I wasn't ready for that. And I'm still 
Mm -hmm. I still don't know that I fully grasped it or or dealt with it. I don't I don't know. I mean, I was just in the Bahamas. Like you guys probably saw me post. I was just in the Bahamas. Like it's somewhere that I've been going since I was a child. And mm -hmm. so I'm, it, the island is very, Nassau and Freeport are very dear to me. And I've been taking my children since they were young. And this last trip was the first time that I got on, on a smaller boat in the Bahamas. And it, it, we pulled out of harbor and it hit me like a, a train. And I had my youngest son sitting next to me. And I had sunglasses on and I was bawling. And I was, I could not look in his direction because I would ruin his day. He would have been worried about his mom. Mm -hmm. um, but it's just, just to feel it just because was this how she felt that day like you know she's going out with her husband just to have a good day and you just don't think like it's not something that you consider and I'm going out with my children this is what what if something happens so that was in my head is this how yeah. she was feeling so I think that some things you'll never fully grieve like some people you just will never fully grieve like right the day my mama day Rochelle uh y'all check on me because I don't I won't I don't know that I'll survive that I mean it's just things like the, some people that you know it's just going to hurt different right mm -hmm. um I just I need to I need to learn how to sit in my grief I need to learn how to not try to numb it not try to stop it from by moving just continually to do 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 but who needs what where do I need to go where do I need to be blah blah blah, blah. I need to learn how to sit in it um but that's way too um grown up and I'm not ready to do that so mm -hmm. Um, I do know that I, I am, alcohol is not it for me. I, yeah. I can't, after Malika, I was like, I can't, I'm surprised my liver didn't fall out. I mean, it was every day. It was bad. Yeah. I, I tried that Asia, um, because I, again, I was like every, every, with every passing, I was grieving differently. Right. So, mm -hmm. um, and Malika's hit me so very different yeah. from everybody else's. Right. Um, so I, I tried the whole drinking thing and I, I learned very quickly, okay, this ain't gonna work because not only am I, <laughs> am I over here drunk, but I'm over here drunk and still in my feelings. So it's not helping anything. Yeah. Like it wasn't burying it for me. Right. So I'm like, so there's, there's no point of me adding drinking to that too. But I will say, um, with Malika's death, before you start, I'm going to cut you off. We might need to tell everyone who Malika is, um, for oh. folks who don't, for folks who don't. That's a great point. Yes, that's a great point. Um, well, Malika Jackson was our line sister, um, and just an amazing human. Um, I'm gonna cry. <laughs> um, she was glue. Mm -hmm. um if that makes sense yeah. she made everybody feel seen heard valued and she was so good at it mm -hmm. yeah. yeah she's the only person that could keep my mouth closed <laughs> <laughs> and keep me aligned and you know now there's no one <laughs> mickey but, said she still got that she still got you there <laughs> Mickey can check me. Malika would just. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. Malika knew how to navigate, <laughs> keeping me quiet. Um, Candace, has, but she, Candace has this phrase that she says, she brings you back to yourself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's who, that's who MJ was. Yeah. It was my, my point of. In, I feel like you're ready to say something. Huh? Candace, you going to jump in? I'm going to go after you. Yeah. I, um, it's, it's, 
I'm, I'm remembering that summer <laughs> um, because I'm also remembering um, who who MJ was to me after my mom died. And um, and uh, our other friend, Janelle, is the one that called me. Um, and I was, I couldn't move because um, there were a few people that I really could be honest about the chaos that was in my life after my mom died and she was one of them and um she held space for it and um it's it's funny because I didn't have I am I'm somebody like you um Asia who I thought I was a doer like I thought like I like had to keep moving in certain things what I realized was my mom was a buffer for a lot of stuff for me. So like I was a doer because I saw her doing and like, that's what you do when someone dies. And I was, and I was able to kind of like lean into and onto her. And then when she died, like everything, I didn't have a choice but to face grief because it was just the only thing that was there. Like, I was very hopeless. Um, I was hopeless and helpless. Like, I think like, I just saw a, a Facebook post that was like waking up without a mother, like literally makes no sense. Mm. Um, and there are still days almost eight years later that like I will sit, I can be sitting somewhere and will be like, my mama is not alive. And it is a, it like it it is a sentence that doesn't make any sense to me. Like I'm like I know I'm saying it, and I know it's true, but um, and I and I and I had my world not spiraled after she passed. I don't think that I would know how to deal with grief. Um. I don't think that I would know that I need to stop when I need to. Um, this week on the 28th makes will make a year that my grandmother has been gone. And so much has been about like me um, making sure that I did the things that she asked me to do, particularly around my cousins, Mark and Reggie. But then there was a moment where I was like, I literally have to stop and re and think about the fact that I don't have the person who was my rock when my mama died. Like, I I don't have her, um, and I think that too often um, we don't rest enough in how life changes like I like there were people who would tell me like it gets easier um as years go on and I would tell people like I lost my mama I didn't lose an ink pen like yeah. like like it's like there will be days where thinking of her makes me laugh and the memories are heartwarming. And then there'll be days where the, still, where the only thing I got done today was take a shower, put my PJs back on and got back in the bed. Like, 
I will spend my lifetime loving and missing her because that's just how good she was. And I think they were supposed to. Like, I don't think that like, and I try to tell that to people not to, not to be morbid and not to de be depressing when people say, oh, it'll get easier. But to say like, you gonna spend your life ebbing and yeah. flowing grief because this person or these people meant so much to you. And for as much as death is a part of life, it is abnormal <laughs> to have to deal with life without these people mm -hmm. because you've only known life with them. Mm -hmm. So it's okay that like, you're not gonna be okay. Some days you will not be okay, but you love them and you had a life with them. And I, and that was the, I think the greatest gift that grief gave me after my mom and then with, with um, MJ is that like, it is okay to just grieve. It is okay to miss them because it is a reflection of the depth of the love and the depth of the relationship. And it's days where I, I'm gonna say this and just and be done, Mickey, but it's days where I laugh that I live here now because I told her I would never live in Atlanta. <laughs> and That's like, what they all say. <laughs> and I'm just like, why, why I can't be here? You know what I'm saying? Like, why, like, why I can't be here? Where, like, I, I just, and she knew I was gonna move here before I did. Like, you know, and so it's just, it's those moments of like, you, you wish that that person was there, but you're also just deeply grateful that like, some people don't know friendships like that. Some people don't know love like that. Some people don't have family like that. And and even even in loss, we had and have a lot. And I've just learned how to be find a way to have gratefulness with that. Um, I guess it's my turn. Mine will be a little quicker. Um, but that's okay. Um, you guys, y'all needed that. And um I'm absorbing it and take it all in. My journey with grief started as a young child. My mom lost her mom and dad on the same day. She was 34. Um, dad was sick with cancer. Mom slipped, fell, and had an aneurysm and never woke up. Dad died that night. So they had a double funeral. First time ever in life I've ever heard of such. You know, Black people take pictures, so won't show them, but there are pictures that exist. I know. I'm not that I try to laugh, but I mean, it is what it is. But um, I hate at 30, you, Mickey. I hate you. Right? right? I know. I'm like, but leave it to Mickey to throw in a joke. It is, and which is going <laughs> to continue to tie in with this theme of how I deal with grief. Um, but at 34, she was an orphan. And, and she has siblings, you know, but both were gone. You hear about people leave, losing one parent, but to lose them both at the same time. Um, I was three and a half going on four. So, you know, those are your first, like, core memories coming into play. And all I remember maybe the first two years after that is that mama wasn't quite the same. Mm. She was rocked in a way that I had never seen her, but she still kind of went on um, autopilot. I got kids. Mm -hmm. I got work. Yeah. 
uh, I've got siblings, um, one of those things. But in those moments when she couldn't hold it, typically was in church, I think because she felt comfortable. When that shouting got a look a little too loud or she falling out the chair in the choir stand, we're like, damn, she must be thinking about her mom and daddy. Especially on like Mother's Day and Father's Day, it would hit. And it would hit like 30 years later. Because I can remember as an adult, if you see her quietly, she's reminiscing on them. And to go back to what Candace had if you hear my mom talk about her parents she talks about how blessed she was they were really spoiled and bad children and i think because my grandparents had so many my mom and them with the last three they let them do whatever the hell they wanted to so they was bad as fuck. <laughs> they was tired. That's a whole nother conversation they was terrible they was and so they was tired and and so the other siblings were much older so they would take care of the babies of the family right so i could see like through her purview i have these big older siblings and then my parents are the greatest of the world because they watching them because they old at this point because they was menopause babies too so whole nother conversation <laughs> but it rocked her but it also showed me how life has to still go on because she couldn't completely checked out you got a four-year-old a 14-year-old a husband you got to work you got to do these things and so she kind of navigated through it and her therapy was church that's why we went to btu candace Wednesday night, choir practice, revival. I was tired of church. Um, <laughs> but I also, when I look back on it, she was grieving, but also being healed in those spaces. Mm -hmm. And it took decades to this day. My mom is 74. And when she talks about her mom and dad too long, you you see that, mm -hmm. you know, that choked up coming in your throat. It's still, you know, but she also has, like Candace said, a lot of happy moments. She'll laugh when she cooking something or when Medea come on. And my sister be like, Big Mama act just like Medea, because that's what we call my grandma, Big Baba. And she be like, no, she didn't. My sister, yes, she did. And so, <laughs> you know, it is what it is. So that was my first experience with grief at a very young age. Um, I had friends, childhood friends that I grew up with that that died untimely. Marnitra being one of them, but one of my best friends from kindergarten got killed maybe a year after Marnitra and that right there kind of I was 25 and was like Ugh, this feels weird I think the one that truly rock, rocked me because you know when you were a child now that you look back children are resilient because mm -hmm. I was popping through grannies like by the time I was 12 my, my dad's parents had died so I was out without grandparents by the time I was 12 on both sides and but because you're a child you know you spring back into place my aunt, who's my mom's older sister, died during COVID, 2020. You'll see me post about, I have several aunts, but there's one aunt, if you pay attention in January, I'm going to always post her. Her name is Dot. That's my nigga. Rest in peace. Dot was a bad girl. I went to see Dot on her last birthday. I think it was her uh, 82nd birthday because she said she was 28. She always would invert the numbers. <laughs> me and Dot would always do a shot on her birthday. 80 years old didn't matter. She kept that crown up in the top cabinet and she was on the motherboard. <laughs> pull that thing down yes. we do a little and we do it now my mom would look at us sideways because she Jesus first cousin so she don't be doing none of that but Dot would shoot it back and we would do it I seen Dot on her birthday videotaped her by April she was dead mm. she uh, died from COVID I couldn't go to the funeral because you remember at the beginning of COVID they weren't letting people we didn't know what it was. anything when I say it hit like a ton of bricks because not only was Dot an auntie, Dot 
was the grandmother that stepped in because her mom and dad had passed. So they shared the same mom and dad. Her dad passed when I was a little kid, so I never knew that experience. And I know they'd be like, she always over her auntie's house. Hi, auntie, making her dresses and stuff like that. I called her Dot because that's we just bad kids calling our aunties by their first name and stuff. But that that's what she told me to call her Dot. Called her Dajean, really, because her middle name was Dorothy Jean. Dajean, because we Southern, so you already know. Yeah. But I would be in the mix with her grandkids to the point her grandkids called me and was like, we got all these pictures of y'all. We finna put up in the thing. We got your flower arrangement. It was almost like... I knew she was more than just your auntie at this point. So there was a that was that even came from the grandbabies who are my cousins, but it was, it was different. And they knew yeah. like you was her baby. I was like, I know nigga, I'm favorite. I know you ain't going <laughs> to say that. I am. I'm Dot's baby. And she would keep me out of trouble with Francis. Oh, that one would check Francis all the time about me. And so that one hit like a ton of bricks, but I'm gonna tell you where the laughter comes in. So, you know, some of the funeral homes were, were um, filming, streaming, the funeral services because you know family members couldn't be there but we, at least we could watch it right so as we all know you know folks is chatting and stuff and there was a relative i'm trying to keep it real vague so folks don't remember uh figured out but a, re a relative became angry because i guess they felt like dot was getting too much love and they was like what about the love for my mama bitch if you don't get out this chat right now like it went left but then me and my other cousins laughed about it years later because it's like, damn, you cussed out on the family chat in the middle of the funeral streaming services. So technically, didn't you cuss in church? <laughs> yes. It was a giggleable moment. And I wouldn't do that again. But like in that moment, you know, when something is yours, like I take ownership over what you say, uh, Tawana, a toxic relationship between you and Francis. Well, I was like that with Dot too. <laughs> that was mine. Dot is mine. Francis is mine. So in that moment, you disrespecting Dot's memory, worried about something else. And if I start reading the rights to you, it's going to get real ugly. I'm put all the family business out there and it's going to be terrible. So I thought in that moment, let me just say this one little piece to know I'm not playing with you. Hmm. And that person didn't say anything else because they didn't want to take that chance that it's not going to just be me. I got a lunatic older sister that's going to come through. And now we got the lunatic oldest uh, niece that's of age who ready to box at a moment anyway, but she see her mama and her auntie in it. Then the baby gonna have to jump in just on GP. She ain't really a fighter, but nigga, you see the three of us out here, you would bring your ass home. They was internet gangsters during the funeral service. I just want y'all yes. to know. <laughs> during the funeral service, during the live stream, during the pandemic. We, we are so internet wait. and in-person gangsters because we, we have drug niggas at funerals before physically. Bimbos have my granddaddy's side has knocked off a casket thank god it was already closed and locked because it would have been a very different situation oh had, like i'm i'm used to family funerals i mean i'm used to fights at family funerals yeah. okay so i mean make i'll say this nikki and joy are not the same those are our big sisters but let me tell you when my grandma passed one of the funniest things in the world it was such a comic relief there was a lady taking pictures because she died during COVID. So they had like the drive-through with the plexiglass. And this lady was taking pictures of my grandma, which is a pet peeve of my sister's because I have an aunt, my dad's sister. That was her ministry. Like bereavement was my auntie Jeanette's ministry. Ambulance chaser. Listen, she knew it. She called every Saturday morning to let you know who left. And she wanted to be the first to tell you. So anyway, this lady's taking these pictures and all of a sudden my sister takes off running and starts punching this lady's window. And we outside, right? 
I don't know what inside of me took off running. I ain't never seen my sister run nowhere before. So I took off running when she took off running. But this lady looked like she was about to have a cardiac event in her car because my sister was about to break the glass and like take whatever she was using to take pictures because she was like, Why we're not doing that. People are weird. Why was she taking pictures? That Mama speak. Bessie was her friend and she needed, she needed that memory. Now, mind you, I ain't never seen nobody done like my grandmama's body was done. Like they did that. But anyway, when she came back to herself, she was so embarrassed because my dad, who's usually like the hypest mofo on earth, was like, you need to calm down. That's just Minister Cookie from the church. And she was so shame, y'all, in that moment. But my daddy was so impressed that he raised girls with instincts that when she take off running, you take off running. But it was the comic relief that my mom and her sisters needed because who saw that coming? My sister is like the, the most proper woman on earth. And she took off running to like beat this woman's window in. Like, I really believe if she had broken that window, Minister Cookie was going to be dragged out of that car and beat down. <laughs> I have never seen. All bets are off. So then I think about something that like Asia brought up. Francis that's my dog we know this Francis has reached the tender age of 74 I'm 43 I know how blessed it is to have my mom at 43 my mom didn't have her mom at 43 we talk about it all the time how beautiful that is I have several friends that I grew up together who have lost their mothers in the span of the last three years five different friends Mm -hmm. women that I grew up with so it hurts me too I have flown into the majority of these funerals because these women have saw me since kindergarten, right? Mm-hmm. And that plays in my head. And so we'll talk about it sometimes and Francis get mad because I be telling the oldest niece, I think she in competition with me and my mama. Like she Nana's first grandbaby. Candace know how that is when them grandbabies be real close to their granny. I don't know how I feel about that. I love my niece, but I, I like to remind you, I came out of that porthole, <laughs> not you. You came from Nikki. <laughs> yes, clarity. With that being said, we always talk about, I said, she's like in a funeral, you're just gonna have to take me out. Nigga, that's my mama. What you mean? Take you out. But I try to respect because when I listen to Candace and other people who are really close to their grandparents, and you got to remember, I've never had that because all of them were deceased. Mm. So I don't know what it's like to be that grandbaby, grandbabies, the babies of the grandmothers and stuff. And so I'm like, nigga, take you out. I'm going to walk up, try to get in there with Francis, knock her damn body out, scare everybody in there. And then we all going to bust out laughing because I don't know how they got Francis hooked up. Hell, her legs may be off. She may be Lieutenant Dan when she fly up out that bitch. I don't know. But I know in that moment, I I want to fly away is one of my, my mom's favorite songs. I think I'm going to fly. I'll fly away. Yeah, you know that one, that old one. Or I should wear a crown. They be playing all of that one. And there's a bright That's side. That's the theme of my old. funeral. Yeah, there's a bright side I know somewhere. I think that's the lyrics are wrong, but Candace definitely know what I'm talking about. So I all old black people love them songs, and she be saying, like, Francis already don't did, like, her whole program, because she old school like that. Well, she old too. But the part she didn't add was me knocking her ass out that casket <laughs> and letting it roll. Friend, it's well, she don't one. want a casket. She said, "Not I do not want an open casket. You could cremate me. I need people to remember what I looked like, not what I same. looked like when I died. Uh-uh. Yeah, Francis went the same way. Francis shit gonna be in a dome, nigga. Do you know how many people she know? They come from the state convention, the National Baptist Convention. She was the president of the senior ladies of Tennessee of the convention. Nigga, we gonna have to have that at a football field. I already know what time yeah. it is with mama. And let me go and tell you, Francis got friends from the age of six to 80. This nigga got a six-year-old that be calling me like, friend, friend, can you pick up them watermelon on sale at Audis? And this nigga go do it because she's got a whole crew. So I know it's going to be paid. It's going to be preschoolers in there crying and shit. It's going to be folks that's almost 100. 
it's gonna be me and her acting a donkey and she's like mickey don't do like that so she'll pull the bible if you did right by mama then there's no reason to cry no nigga you shouldn't have been a good mama you was a good mama so now i'm gonna cry because i can't talk to nobody like you no more like i ain't got nobody to boss around i ain't got nobody to cry to just call in the morning do you know i call my mom this morning and be like this nigga ran the stop sign francis i'm mad how you doing this morning mickey oh i'm blessed and highly favored but i just had to tell you that Okay, well, mama putting on her makeup to go to water aerobics, so I'm going to call you back. You want to get off the phone with me? Mickey, stop doing that shit. And then they go. Just little stuff like that. I don't take it for granted, but I also don't want to live in this thing of always waiting for the shoe to drop, too, because I don't mm -hmm. want to miss those beautiful moments. Anyway, bringing it back full circle, I think I have an okay relationship with grief, but I know that that's going to be tested with mm -hmm that one person in my life. Mm -hmm. But something tells me that this nigga's gonna pull what Candace mama be doing and coming to dreams and telling me I'm strong and shit and I rave. And I don't like that cause I don't wanna talk to her at night like that. Cause I wanna be sad and in my feelings. But I know cause this nigga read the Bible and stuff. She's gonna make it up. The Lord gonna let a porthole come through and I ain't gonna be able to agree the way I want to. Cause I want to act a fool. I ain't gonna lie, I do. I wanna tell God I'm mad at you nigga. And he gonna be like, shit, she was old as fuck me. I don't care. Like, or take me okay, You can tell God that you mad. I was just God. about to say that. Yeah. There's absolutely, no, God can handle your anger. No, and I know he be salty. I mean, I know he'll let me be salty, but I also think like I may be talking sideways and him to be like, hey, hey, bring it back. <laughs> you know, get real loose in the mouth with it behind her. But yeah, so anyway, yeah, I'm done, Tawan. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I, I have, I've had a lot of people whose friends, whose parents have been passing in the past few years. And I said, is that what yeah. we are in life? Like, is yes, that we are. I said, but not, it was, not it's even been that. like a gut check. It's been a gut check. It's like, is that where we are? Like, are we have to worry about how much longer we're going to have our parents? Like, that's mm -hmm. not something you ever think about. You know, yeah. you don't. Yeah. You think your parents are always going to be here when in reality, you know, they're not. But it's like. And my mom has been morbid for longer than I can remember she's always talking about when she, she well, I could I could get into a car accident when I leave she has this whole passive aggressive this is Rochelle but um she has it planned out and I mean like you're coming with me to see my attorney so you know how everything's supposed to go and I have a book with all of my passwords and it's like she is she is she thinks she won't go tomorrow and if she does, she wants to make sure that I'm okay. And that I was about to say, she okay. doesn't think she is. And she that, just wants to be prepared for what yeah, she, she, wa right. no, she, she wants. She wants to make to sure that you. I don't have to worry about the little things because mm -hmm. it's just me, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I have a younger brother, but he has special needs. So it's not like Raj can help me do anything. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she's not close to any of her biological siblings. So, well, one of mm -hmm. them, but they're older. So it's like, are we at that? We really got to think about that, right? Yeah. Aisha, my sister just went home to stand with her best friend to bury her mom. Yeah, I just, just happened. I can't imagine the friend, my friend's parents. I mean, a couple of them have, but it's like, it's a gut check. It's like, shit. Yeah. That's what were you going to say, Joss? So, I mean, you know, I have a memory like an elephant, right? And so there are these pointed moments that I wanted to know, like, do you think the people that we've lost know they're leaving? Because mm -hmm. My last memory of Marnitra is her before she had come down to Tennessee. She met the new girls. And when it was time to take her back to the station, she was in the corner crying because she said she didn't want to leave us. Mm. Like there are, I visit Malika's 
um, when I'm missing her, I visit her pages and there are these letters to her son, so mm-hmm. to speak. If she, yep. if she left, there are things she wanted him to know. Yep. Um, Candace, I remember the call when you knew something was wrong with your mama, when she wasn't answering the phone. I was in Texas. I was drunk as hell, having a game night at Monty's house. And I remember going into the bathroom and just sitting there waiting with you. Like, do you know? And you knew something was wrong because you had a cadence. You had a routine with your mom. Like, do you think in their own way they were preparing us? Asia, you talked to her right before she got on that boat. I did. Like, she was her birthday the day before. She she said, we were talking about anniversary stuff, of course, and joking about something that somebody said in the group chat and she was like you know that I was like so we're done. and I was she was like all right love you I'm about to go have fun with my husband I was like okay love you too and she just sounded so happy mm-hmm. she I remember so I seen happy. her a couple of weeks before that Asia both our nieces are line sisters they crossed on that line at oh, UT really? chat that's right uh, we I, were in their probate. I remember Right. Yes, and me and Malika sat right next to each other. And we laughing and giggling. We even hopped on stage when they were performing, and we was jumping around. Old as I'll get out. Oh, y'all she was. She was super happy. I hugged her when I was getting ready to leave. We we was together for a couple of hours because you know the ceremony, the dinner. Then they probated uh, that night. Um, she was on top of the world. Like I feel like I don't know. Or you know, sometimes they say people like when they know they live life to the fullest mm-hmm. or whatnot. Um, but she was, I'm with Asia. I didn't talk to her today, but I talked to her a few weeks before and we were in that same setting. She was just extremely just happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if I don't, I don't know if they know, but I know the spirit does. Mm. And I feel like, I feel like, I feel like God uh, and, and, and spirit, like, I feel like there are ways that um, that people are prepared, mm. um, and I hold to that. Like you know, um, so the night before my mom passed, she um, the day before my mom passed, she was doing a um, a a workshop on how to survive the holidays with grief. And, um, the day before, the night before she died, it was that bombing in Paris or London, like one of the terrorist attacks. And I was watching people say online that like, this was God's way of getting people's attention. And I remember being so mad. And the last thing my mom said to me was people are trying the best that they can you got to give them grace because one day they're going to say those things to you. And I never knew that that one day would be the next day. Mm. Um, I could, I remember the day my mom passed, I kept falling asleep. Um, I would like say I was getting ready to call her and then I'd be like, oh, I'm calling when I wake up from this nap. And then I would be asleep for like three hours, four hours. And I was like, why do I keep being so sleepy? And I, and it was so wild was that when I was driving home, 
um because I was living in New Jersey at the time I was like well that was why I was asleep because I had to get on the road immediately and drive home with mm-hmm. with no rest but my mom the last thing that my mother did um was she bought me a coat um because she said that the winters in New Jersey were gonna be really really hard and I needed a new coat um and that was the last thing that my mama did was buy me a coat and um it got to me um in Jersey after she passed with her little with her note and I think that I don't think that she thought that she was leaving, but I know God did. And like, I think the thing that I kind of hold to is that these kind of nuggets that we all get of like when they pass and we think back of like, oh, like, did they know? I kind of hold to this like belief in whatever higher power that we believe in ties the knot between this life and the next one so that like it's continual like we don't there's that that like they know what's happening you know what I'm saying like I think I think I think that they're I think that I think that that's what it is that if whether they knew or not God does but like I will say to to, to Mickey um the best things that I've had are those dreams. Like, like, um, my mama has come to me in legit real time. Um, and the first time that that happened to me, my grandfather, I was a little girl. Um, and I remember like, you know how, when you, when you churched and you got folks that dibble in the other stuff, they was like, oh, she got the gift. So you got to put her around people that like that do interpret dreams and all that stuff. And, and like my mom, there are days because my grandmother lost her mother the same way that I lost mine. And, um, and, and she never recovered from it. But I remember after my mom died, she told me she was like, the best thing that you will ever have all your dreams with her because nobody can take that from you and she said and you've shared her I'll never forget my my grandma said this she said you shared her with everybody you don't have to share her in your dreams and that's that one place where I get to be with her and it's just us um but it I I don't know if she knew and I and I and I have a very interesting theory around death I don't think that she would have left me <laughs> if, if she would have I don't I don't think she would have I don't I, people say all the time like folks be like you know they rather be with Jesus I don't think my mama would have wanted to be with me um so like I don't I don't think that I know they, Francis would rather be with Jesus I, but I, she can't go <laughs> I think my mama would have wanted to be here <laughs> so like but but I but I do think that I do think that there were the ways that I think that she was prepared or that I wonder if she knew were like these kisses from heaven to me of like you're gonna be okay and like this this isn't the end of y'all's relationship it's just a different iteration of it yeah yeah that was good that was good well 
that was kind of heavy <laughs> but i'm glad therapy. we did it i'm glad we did it seriously we got through it we did we did we got just a few it. tears yeah a lot better than i thought it was gonna be <laughs> for sure okay so normally we will be moving into our drink intel um segment however we did not have any new submissions for this episode so you guys if you um have any sort of situation where you need some advice right. you got a crazy story you want us to talk about please 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 submit a drink and tell um for us to discuss in the drink and tell segment there will be a link in the um in the description box if you're watching this on youtube or in um the podcast notes if you are listening to us so all right so our next segment our next and last segment if you remember we all have our own individual segments and last episode we had the mickey show now <laughs> it is time for Mickey's get the bleep out of here segment. So Mickey, let's go. What you got? This was perfect. Talking about grief and then kicking it to me. Yeah, this was perfect. <laughs> this is what we needed. Cause what's my favorite emotion? <laughs> Laughter through tears is the best emotion. One of my favorite movies. I probably quoted it wrong, but everybody knows what I'm talking about. Still Magnolias. It was boxing over Shelby's grave and that shit was hilarious. <laughs> Okay. Yes, love that movie. <laughs> right. This is something that fell into my lap yesterday. It's old. It's like ten years old. But you know how stuff will resurface because of the age we live in now, and it'll come back, right? So there's this guy named, and I'm gonna hang on. Let's be careful. Okay, let's go. Look, Candace, we're not gonna get sued, right? There's here. a guy. There's a <laughs> guy. He's no, because this is this is reported, and so okay. I'll let's go. His name is Andre Johnson, and he was an affiliate rapper with the Wu-Tang Clan back in the day, right? Now, this happened in 2014, but this interview popped back up in my feed yesterday. And so he was high on PCP, allegedly, and he cut off his PP and then jumped off a balcony at a Los Angeles apartment building and survived. And now he feels blessed because that happened. Now, let me add, they were unable to reattach the PP. So he's being interviewed in this, in this barbershop and you can go on YouTube and find it. It's about 10 years ago when this interview may have happened or the incident happened 10 years ago. I didn't look to see when the interview happened, but it came up. And he was just talking about, you know, he just took it right off because he had all these baby mamas and that was the problem. And then he jumped off the balcony because he was going to end it all. And he said when he landed, he was like, oh, I ain't dead. And so, so they, they ended up taking him to the hospital. And I think so, you know, isn't it after so long, like if your appendages aren't put on, like they can't reattach I, the blood flow? Hold up. So this is what I have to say on get the elf out of here. There is no way on God's green earth am I ever trying PCP after hearing his story. Because I can believe it. You know, because sometimes when you get certain types of THC, you get paranoid. and Paranoid. But I don't never want to get to the point where I'm chopping off tatas and titties and booties and he chopped his whole member off. And then dude in the interview, who was a white boy, was like, so can we see it? And so dude was like, yeah. And he's, he was like, man, get the fuck out of here. Let you see it. And I'm like, 
friend, you did cut off your whole penis and jump off a building and survived. What y'all think about this story? Please wow. try. Oh. Were you ex- that you weren't expecting that? Not at all. Yeah. Get I'm the not- out of here. <laughs> Question. <laughs> True. Yes. Where'd they find it? I don't know that they did. Did so he throw they- it or? I think he cut it. No. So he cut it off in the house and then jumped off the balcony. So somebody. So he expected somebody to find his body and then later find his member. I don't think he cared about his member. I think he thought he was going to glory or wherever he going. Candace, one of those lands. Um, But like the fact that he cut it off, like you that high, did you feel it? Like, did it numb it? Like what happened? But he said he feels blessed now not to have it anymore. Let me just say this. Mr. Andre Johnson is still in the land of the living. He's here. This happened 10 years ago. I want to but, talk to Method Man because he's a Wu-Tang affiliate and I want to see his thoughts on Mr. Well, Johnson. That's part of my question. What is a Wu-Tang affiliate? What does that mean? Yeah. You know, I think it's, it's your crew that you hang around or like uh, you have different rappers uh, who not, aren't a So listen, Wu-Tang, he but, wasn't like RZA and Meth. He no, was gotcha. one of the offsprings gotcha. who was like a feature got it no this is the best way to explain an affiliate you know when niggas go on stage and win an award and they would take 150 people on stage with him he was one of the right right basically he was he wasn't in the immediate crew or the baby crew he was the nigga that was hanging with everybody else right can i be down with y'all can i roll with y'all can i hang with y'all yeah, so maybe he was in a studio sometime. Be like, y'all, y'all gonna let me get on the beat or drop a beat? But he really went somebody they had lined up to really be in their stuff. Okay, I the fact it. that he go by his whole name, he was never gonna be a part of the crew. I'm Clifford ain't walking around as Clifford. He met the fact that he cut off his we were is no no not never not just that he cut off his wing wing, but the fact that. He cut off his wing wing so he couldn't have no more kids, but still commits to commit suicide. Did nobody tell you, son, you weren't going to have no more kids if you date? The PCP told him. This is the thing. Well, he didn't die. He didn't die. Oops. I didn't die. We ain't finished. Nikki told the story. He got on the thing and said, oh. I ain't did. I ain't okay, so let me just say this. I imagine that's how he said it. <laughs> that was your interpretation? Yeah, that was my interpretation of when he said, like, I he woke up, I was conscious, and I wasn't dead. Like, so I was like, Ooh. can we get sued for her paraphrasing? Right. right. We Charlie Murphy paraphrase. <laughs> you know, I want to be like, sue me for that what? That was taking a creative license. Yeah, right. that was creative license. Like, Look, wow. Daily Mail. That was, Mail and good with them. that was you a know? really good one. That was funny. That was. It is a testament to Mickey and and her laughter, her brilliance. Because brilliant. to come out of a really heavy conversation right. and have absolutely no idea that we spent talking about a man who came because <laughs> we never know. <laughs> Like Mick, you 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 did that. Thank you very very much. I, I say laughter through tears. Laughter through tears is my favorite emotion. It is. It is the best because you get to release and you get to laugh. All yeah. you need is the now and it's on and popping. Okay, you might want to cut that <laughs> or leave it. I don't care. Ooh, 
my gosh. All right, y'all. This has been mm-hmm. episode six. Next episode, we are talking about um motherhood, parenting, co-parenting, wanting um children, not wanting children. We're talking about the whole gamut. So see y'all in two weeks. Holla.